Ayo, welcome in to the CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into the CHGO studios. This is Studio B in our West Loop offices. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox postgame show. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. We are here to recap the White Sox shutout loss versus the Baltimore Orioles. They fall, the Chicago White Sox fall to 33 and 35 on the year. And the Baltimore Orioles improved to 32 and 39. Atop of the AL Central, the Cleveland Guardians and the Minnesota Twins are tied uh, at the top of the division at 36 and 29. The Twins are at 39 and 22. Sox are four and a half games back. What did you think of the game, Herb? Just outclassed. I mean, everything that could go wrong went wrong with the White Sox today. Didn't score any runs. Cueto didn't get to the six innings like he usually does, but he didn't pitch too poorly. And then the White Sox were hitting the ball hard, but we see what an outfield defense does for you. Mercy. I tell you what, those people out there, I knew Cedric Mullins was decent as hell, but Austin Hayes and Santander, I looked at their numbers before, outs above average, wasn't there. They can play. Mm -hmm. They can play out there. They get good routes especially from Cedric Mullins. Some of those balls should have been hits. Yeah, Regular average center fielders don't do what Cedric Mullins did today. And he did it three times. Yeah. He went to that well three times. It was a black hole out there. I mean, it was hard hit balls three times by Abreu, Sheets, and I think a burger. And that man <laughs> tracked it down each time uh, after the third and final time that he just absolutely uh, you know, shocked me. I think Jason Benetti made the remark that they have three Deion Sanders out there. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Uh, but they, well, the Orioles were pretty damn impressive. Uh, I definitely think that the White Sox still are are a better team than the Orioles. I, I still think the White Sox should have taken advantage of Dean Kramer on the mound today, but still very impressed. Santander was very good at the plate today. Ryan Mountcastle was fantastic at the plate today. Hayes did it in the outfield with that diving catch down the line, mm-hmm. and he had a double as well. Uh, Cedric Mullins drove in an RBI. Trey Mancini, uh, Trey Mancini hit the ball hard, and Adley Rutschman, we talked about him in the pregame. Uh, he made himself known, making it 2 nothing, taking a Johnny Cueto uh, cutter deep. Yeah, I said this is going to be a young, above, there's that four above average hitters out there, and Adley Rushman's not one of them as yet, but <laughs> hell, you can't tell me any different. That ball was murdered by him. Ryan Moncasa, apparently the White Sox don't have the scouting report on him. Hit it hard twice. Larry Garcia is playing like short center. Like, he's going to be playing on the softball team. He's playing short center versus Ryan Moncasa, who had just, and as a previous at bat, had rocketed the ball to left field with great play all all afternoon long or all evening long by A.J. Pollock. That play right there was going to be a clear double, but he made it bang-bang on the Ryan Mountcastle first uh, double. Then you get the one where Mountcastle hits it to right center. Lurie is chasing the ball and plays it into a triple because he can't pick up the ball. And then also there's a double hit later in the game where the White Sox perf- perfectly execute the relay play. A.J. Pollock right off the wall, throws it to Tim, and Tim with a gun right to Sebi Zavala with a good swipe tag to get the runner at home. So I'm not saying the White Sox played poorly, but as a comparison to what the Orioles did on defense, 
It's pales in well, comparison. And two, I mean, you, you mentioned the Garcia one where he turns uh, Hayes' double into a triple. Uh, you know, that one didn't bite him too much in the ass because, you know, he got on base regardless. You know, if he was standing on second or third, Rutschman hit it over the fence. So, I mean, like, the White Sox weren't really killed by their defensive mistakes, and the biggest thing is not scoring any runs. I mean, Johnny Cueto can be as good as you want, uh, and the defense can be as bad as they want, but when you're not hitting home runs and you're not scoring runs, uh, you're going to look bad out there. And we have the stat now. Uh, it's updated, but Jay Cutta uh, tweeted this out. At home, the White Sox had like 124 plate appearance or something without a home run. Now it's 134. Uh, their last home run came of game one in the fourth inning when Andrew Vaughn uh, hit his home run. Uh, the White Sox have just been powerless, and you mentioned the defense too. Uh, they're 25th in the majors in outs above average. They're 25th in home runs. That's not going to do it. That's not going to win. You're not going to be able to go to the playoffs and win a World Series with, with, a, with a matchup like that when you can't hit for power and can't play defense. And we saw it time and time again today. The pitcher out there, Dean Kramer, was good. His cutter had some movement. It was in his fastball better than advertised. But he wasn't nothing special. And the White Sox hit him really hard. But there was a couple times in there where Kramer leaves balls up in the zone. I remember a couple uh, as a cutter, right. a changeup, and fastballs just up in the zone ready to be hit. White Sox didn't take advantage of him right there and hit those over the fence. Usually a good hitting team, especially at home and good positive weather, is hitting these balls over the fence. We had one with uh, A.J. Pollock almost going profundo there, but it can't happen. You have to have, and I know people love small ball. They love the get him in, get him over. I mean, get him on, get him in, get him in. Well, get him in, get him on, get him over, get him in. There you go. That type of thing. That's dumb. The 2005 team, I know we're talking about Aussie ball and small ball. That team hit over 200 home runs. That's why they won. And they're great pitching. If we're going to be a great great pitching team, and our starting staff is going to give us these type of efforts, and while it's not six innings pitched, he only gave up three earned runs. You should win most of the games where your starter only gives up three earned runs. And the White Sox didn't because they don't score any runs. Mm-hmm. Hitting the ball of the fence is a skill that the White Sox need to acquire from the down from uh, from here on out because it, it's ridiculous. 2005 White Sox fifth in major leagues in in home runs. Uh, five teams hit 200 home runs. They were one of them. Uh, Sheba Doge saying it's almost July. The reality is this is a sub 500 team. Is exactly what the Sox are. The Twins and Guardians are not going to be easy to beat. They're not going to be easy to beat, but you should beat them. I mean, I, I that, that's not an excuse. That's not me remaining positive. That's a fact. I, the, the 70 games that have been played should not change the fact that the White Sox shouldn't be leading in the AL Central. There's no reason right now for the White Sox to be four and a half games back of those two teams. This is not a, a, a good performance by the White Sox. I don't feel good about that. I still think that they're a better team than the Orioles, but they have not shown it. You can't show it over nine innings. And they were still fighting. I mean, the ninth inning, they got guys on, but it's truly about driving them in. And it's going back to the issues that we talked about this offseason. I wanted you to add Kyle Schwarber because, hey, even if that guy has a sub-220 average, he's still good for at least 20 home runs before the All-Star break. You don't even have a guy at 10 right now. Jose Abreu leads this team with nine home runs. The Orioles, who just won, like, they showed a stat, like... uh, times of games, uh, you know, in the past five years to get to 30 wins. And it took them like, you know, 90 games, 100 games in their rebuild. It took them like 68 games this year to get to 30 wins. That team has three guys with double-digit home run numbers. The White Sox, who were supposed to be World Series contenders, picked by Jeff Passan, don't even have one. 
I mean, come on. This isn't the White Sox that we were promised. This isn't a team that is truly showing you what this team was in 2021 and 2020 and even 2019. This is not the same team. So, yes, they are, you know, reality says that they're a sub-500 team. Reality says they're also underperforming. I, I still think that they can change the tide. But, again, how much can they truly change the tide with the talent that we've seen? You know, I mean, Robert is right now banged up, but he's supposed to be providing more pop. Aloy is banged up, and he's supposed to be pro providing more pop. Um, I think that they're better than 500. That's for sure. I mean, this has been shocking to see uh, them play sub 500. Uh, let's go and tell you the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two or three bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. Our members, our CHGO members, get access to our exclusive web content. Our beat writer, Vinny Duber, uh, just posted Posted a new article. So if you're looking to sign up with the fastest sports book easier than ever and become a CHGO member and get great uh, articles written by our great staff of CHGO writers, you get a free CHGO t-shirt from the locker and you get access into our members only discord all for making more than a $50 first time deposit at PointsBet using the code CHGO. If you have any questions, you can email PointsBet at allCHGO.com and we will help you out. So what are you waiting for? It's time to elevate your live betting game. Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services. And our next partner, I got to tell you about, is Owen. Only what you need. Owen is a 100% plant-based protein shake that gives you nutrition that works as hard as you do. All their products are free of artificial ingredients, allergen-friendly, no gluten or dairy, and they're easily digestible. We were out at the CHGO White Sox tailgate, ended up talking about Owen, talking to Alex Campbell of the uh, CHGO Fire um, show, and he's huh. like, yay, you know, I'll be talking about all these Owen. I need to try them out because I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I have all these allergies. And yeah. I'm like, hey. I like them. I don't have these allergies, but you know, our guy Alex, uh, dealing with the, you know, some, some food, uh, allergies right there. This is a great way to be set up. If you're dealing with a very uh, specific diet and you're looking to have a hundred percent plant protein shake, uh, this is the product for you. And it's a product for Chicago bears quarterback, Justin Fields, who follows a plant based diet. Own CHGO have partnered up to give you an awesome offer. You can get 20% off your first purchase at liveowen.com. That's L I V E O Y or O-W-Y-N-L-I-V-E-O-W-Y-N.com with code CHGO20. Join me and Justin Fields and try Owen, only what you need. All right, let's go out to Guaranteed Rate Field and talk to our CHGO beat writer, Vinny Duber, wearing the Black Puma shirt. Howdy, Vinny. Hey, guys, what's going on? I like the hat there, Sean. Oh, thank you very much. I, I stole it from Janice Gurio. Uh, I didn't actually no. take it off of her head and put it on my hat, <laughs> but I saw her uh, in the tailgate wearing this hat, and I said, where'd you get it? And she said, behind home plate. So I went behind home plate and got one of my own. Oh, so you're more inspired than stole it from. Yeah. It's I an mean, homage, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So thank you for helping me with the, the words. You can see, uh, whenever I see Chicago Bears, Justin quarterback, uh, just. Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields, that makes me want to say our company name, CHGO, as Chicago. Yes. So, you know, words, word selection, real difficult for me, even when it's on a screen in front of me. Uh, let's talk about the White Sox, huh? Uh, how was the post-game locker room, and who'd you talk to? Uh, I mean, obviously, chatted with Tony. We, we heard from Johnny Cueto, heard from Sevi Zavala, and, you know, the explanations tonight seemed pretty simple, and I think that's probably was the case if you watched the game. 
Sox had no trouble hitting. They had no trouble getting guys on base, but they had a lot of trouble bringing them in. And, uh, you know, what do we always say, or what do they always say, I, I should say, about, you know, what wins you baseball games, pitching, defense, timely hitting. Uh, certainly the Orioles had all three tonight. The White Sox uh, were missing uh, the, the, the third part there, and uh, that's the difference in the game. So, uh, you know, this is this strikes me as one of those games. Obviously, you know, uh, when when the when Baltimore comes to town or you see Baltimore on the schedule, it's a last place team. It's a team you think maybe uh, you know White Sox should be able to rack up some wins against. But even coming into tonight, Sox only had two more wins than the O's. The O's are, are a little better than, than than folks thought they would be, which is you know god awful. So, uh, but you know this is a this is kind of a baseball game that happens every once in a while. Only the second time all year White Sox have been shut out. Was anybody speaking about just the lack of power the White Sox have right now? They haven't had a home run since Monday, the fourth inning. It was Andrew Vaughn. So three full games of not hitting the ball over the fence. That's got to be a thing that during the summer you expect from this White Sox team. And I know the injuries have to be factored in there, but they got to be frustrated with not hitting the ball over the fence. Yeah, I mean, I think in general that's probably the case, right? I mean, I, I don't know if that's, you know, the takeaway from tonight. You know, obviously a lot of balls to the track, but, you know, a lot of balls to the track that were caught that, you know, on on, on other nights are, are boosting <laughs> right. that slugging percentage, um, and tonight not the case. But I, I would say that season-wide uh, it's been a problem for this team, you know, not not as much power as you would expect. Uh, you know, now you're missing a guy in Aloy Jimenez who you thought would be uh, accounting for a, a sizable portion of those home runs, but, um, you know, how many, how many warning track balls do we see from Jose Abreu uh, in the first couple of months of the season? Uh, you know, where where is the Tim Anderson power that, that we're used to? You know, that kind of thing. So, um, and then obviously the struggles that Yohan Moncada and Yasmani Grandal have had have affected every aspect of their offensive games. So, it, it, it is a concern, and I think really you, you dial it all the way back to the playoffs last year. And you, at one point or another, whether it was a, a post-games or a post-season Zoom or uh, us talking to Rick Hahn at the GM meetings out in California, his explanation was, you know, power played. And, and, and the Astros got to flex their power, and the White Sox didn't uh, for the most part in, the, in that series. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that it, it, it needed to be overhauled in the offseason. You just had a lot of guys who you expect to hit home runs that weren't in the, that stretch of games. That's kind of bled over into this season. Again, I don't know if it's something you could have um, predicted would happen, uh, given, the, given the names in this lineup. But uh, it's certainly something that is happening. And uh, over the course of the season, you would expect a lot more power from the White Sox. Now, what's the update on Jose Abreu? Because we've been seeing that, you know, he's lingering or limping a little bit in the past couple games, but he's still hitting. <laughs> he's still getting on base every game about two times a game. So uh, what's the update on Jose and how is he feeling? It's his hip. It's his hip that's bothering him. And um, I think really what you can apply to him, you can apply to Luis Robert, you can apply to Andrew Vaughn. They're sore. They're not 100% right now. Uh, but these guys got to play because there's so many guys who are on the uh, injured list. And, uh, you know, obviously you're going to get that from Jose Abreu. That's the kind of guy he's shown to be over the course of his career. But, um, yeah, they're sore right now. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's bleeding in every game. No Luis Robert tonight in the lineup. Andrew Vaughn's playing first base, went on a 100% night. He probably would have played right field. But, hey, on a 100% night, Jose Abreu is probably playing first base. Uh, Gavin Sheets might be, be the guy that's DHing. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a situation right now for the White Sox, and it's weird because you, you got all these guys on the injured list, and they're out. And they're the ones we're focused on when we're talking about the injuries. You got some walking wounded, too, with these White Sox. And, I mean, 
this injury bug is just it's just ridiculous right now for this team and uh, whether it's guys going on the IL or guys just bothered on a regular basis it's not going away and until it goes away it's going to be really hard for them to to turn this thing around I just want to follow up too because uh, we saw Leary play center field tonight but obviously you know he's been kind of missing in the Houston series and the Toronto series Uh, what's the update on his health and would they consider T.A. 100% at this point? Have they talked about where he's at in his uh, you know, coming back process? Leury was bothered by a side. His side was, I think, bruised maybe uh, or, or something that happened in there. Uh, but he seems fine enough now to play. He was obviously out for a while with that. I'm sure they would not have played him if he couldn't go. So there he was playing tonight. Um when it comes to uh, TA, you're seeing a normal a normal coming back from the IL kind of thing. And I wouldn't say that he's not 100% because the White Sox are always very careful not to bring guys back before they're able to, to do everything they need them to do. You don't want to risk further injury. But it does mean that the long layoff, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to just you know, hit the ground with the everyday kind of play that we're used to seeing from Tim Anderson. So they will get him uh, off days here and there, as you saw yesterday. Uh, you know, against uh, Toronto, the I, I'm telling you right now, Tim Anderson doesn't feel that way. Tim Anderson would like to play every day, you know, uh, but it's a way of them being precautious. And you know, I, I understand that uh, that that folks maybe don't, you know, see things the same way. They don't see things quite as in depth as a medical team would would do behind the scenes, obviously. But you know, you get that kind of you know fantasy baseball mentality, maybe of like, all right, if you're able to play, you're playing, kind of thing. It's it's not quite that easy these days, you know. You might have seen that a couple decades ago, obviously. Um, but these days in baseball, uh, they want guys to be fresh for the end of the year. And listen, you saw the side effects of of TA not being fresh at the end of last season, and and what that did when it knocked him out for so you know so such a significant amount of time there, ending up with an IL stint there in 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 kind of the the second half of the year. So I think they're trying to avoid stuff like that with everybody where they can. Uh, this, though, lately is just a uh, product of him coming off the IL and, and making sure that he's getting uh, that he's getting enough recovery time. And I know the last time we asked uh, about Joe McHugh, it was kind of like, hey, what do you expect? We're struggling scoring runs. We need to send people. Did Tony say about the same thing? Because at the bottom of the fourth, both of us were like, Gavin Sheets is not going to score. They're hitting that ball off to Austin Hayes. And he was out by 10 feet, clearly. Did Tony talk about the send there and why uh, Joe McHugh sent him there? He did not. I, I, I think um, what you just said is absolutely true, right? I mean, at the beginning of the year, that that ex, that explanation played. I thought, you know, I mean, I, even though that even though that was Yasmani Grandal running from second base, right? I think that that was an explanation that was like, "What do you want us to do? We got to figure out something." Kind of deal. They've been hitting the ball better now. Yep. Uh, you know, tonight the runs were not there. Doesn't mean that they weren't hitting. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have a horrible problem with it but you know because this is a young guy who should be able to make that play I guess when you're coming from second base but um you know maybe maybe that's not the move to make because and obviously the results spoke to it but uh yeah it was it was it was not not one of the successes this evening and that uh there were many of them given that the White Sox had guys on base pretty much every inning if not every inning and uh you know just not coming through with the with the hit that needs to 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 score the run we saw a good to great off or defense by the Baltimore Orioles all outfield out there. But I want to give kudos to A.J. Pollock. He played a spectacular left field today. Ryan Moncastle with an early double where he made it bang, bang. And then, of course, cutting down the runner who's trying to score after a double from him, 
to Tim, back to Sebi Savala. Did they speak about the good off-field defense today uh, and how it's improved over the year? Definitely talked about that play in the third inning. I mean, that was a great relay, I think, uh, you know, all three guys involved with that were fantastic and a, a really nice tag by Sebi. When I yeah. was watching it live, I'm like, he, he was there. There's no mm-hmm. way he was out, but a, a really nice play uh, by Sebi there. But, uh, you know, in order to make that play work, you need all three pieces to to, to do it right. And they all did it tonight. Um, Pollock's been playing out there pretty well, and I think that probably gives some confidence or at least makes it a little more interesting uh, when Aloy Jimenez comes back to, to to give them some more options. Not Not that the White Sox are, you know, thinking of taking Aloy out of left field don't 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 get too excited there but um you know gives them some options they can go uh, a day and say you know Aloy you gotta you gotta sit and we're not not confident in the guy we're putting out there you'll remember last year it was Andrew Vaughn he won the confidence uh, of everybody with the way he played thought he played a, a perfectly fine left field last year um but you know Aloy Jimenez, you're a left fielder. You should be better than this guy who isn't a left fielder kind of thing. They're, they don't need to worry about that that conversation this year when uh, Aloy does come back, uh, whenever that might be in the coming weeks. I don't want to harp on this, but he just wasn't asked at all about the McEwing send, right? Just want to confirm. Or he he was not. You're okay. correct. He was not. It was a uh, it was a game, I think, in which uh, a lot of other things loomed much larger. Um, you know, you can point to one wasted opportunity, but they wasted – Right. You know, seven or eight of them. And, and I think uh, I think that's probably the thought process there. Well, it's only one run. <laughs> you needed three more right. uh, to even tie the game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, no, totally. Uh, I want to talk about some good news. Uh, maybe not great news. Uh, Danny Mendick, torn ACL. He'll be out for the rest that's of the year. That's bad news. That's uh, bad news. Uh, but, yeah. you know, good news. Uh, Lenin Sosa, or Lenin Sosa made his uh, uh, MLB debut today. Uh, so, I mean, happy for him. That's what I meant. I'm sorry, Danny go. Mendick. Silver lining, if you will. Yes, thank you. Uh, so what, what do we know, need to know about Lenin and uh, Gavin Sheets? Uh, obviously, we mentioned him before, but he's getting the call up from uh, AAA as well. Yeah, well, I mean, Gavin put uh, a couple nice charges into balls mm-hmm. tonight. Yeah, he had a double, and then he had, uh, you know, one of those great plays by the O's out in the outfield was, was uh, on a ball that he hit, you know, almost into the gap that got ran down. Uh, so... You know, we'll see if, if if the turnaround is good. Tony said good reports coming from Charlotte with what he was able to do down in the minor leagues. Uh, when it comes to Sosa, I think everybody's pretty excited about what he was able to do at Birmingham. I mean, the, the numbers down there were just excellent. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of rave reviews about him both pregame and with what he was able to do in, in very limited action, basically with that that final uh, plate appearance there in the ninth inning where he, where he drew the walk on nine pitches, um, fouling off pitches and, and being aggressive and then, you know, turning that aggression yeah. into a walk, you know. So uh, uh, a lot of good things for him. We spoke to him, not really sure if they have, you know, a very specific plan for him. It kind of sounds like he's going to just be – infielder when needed kind of thing he is most comfortable as a shortstop uh the white Sox don't need a shortstop right now tim anderson is back from the il obviously you've got uh, josh harrison who got hit with that pitch tonight playing a little bit better and playing uh at second base good defense over there the defense at third base with jake berger now that mendix out is probably the biggest concern of those three positions uh but uh Tony said we'll see a lot of Lenin Sosa, whether that means in a uh, uh, fill-in role or, you know, spelling guys, or maybe he he is able to stay up here a little bit and show that he deserves some playing time at one of those two positions that aren't his primary positions on the infield. And, hey, maybe uh, Josh Harrison uh, getting hit on the elbow there might make uh, make up some playing time for him. Any update on Josh Harrison and uh, what, what he's dealing with with that uh, hit-by-pitch on the elbow? 
Yeah, Tony said he had a pretty big knot there, uh, you know, afterwards. It did not look good. It did not look like it uh, felt very nice for Josh Harrison. Herb Uh, is being a huge pessimist about it, man. It looked terrible. His arm, like, like he wasn't moving his hands. It looked like he was in some major pain, Salute. I can... Wow. Uh, I can imagine I can imagine that that was the case for him, uh, you know, whether we're, we're citing some uh, some 90s comedies or not. But uh, he he was a uh, he, he was he was wearing a little thing, you know, afterwards on his on his arm as he was leaving the clubhouse. But Tony didn't seem to think it was very, you know, something that was going to keep him down um, in terms of playing time just because it's a guy who's who's fought through some stuff before. So he doesn't think that it would uh, have too much effect. But he did say that, you know, it was a. Uh, uh, a painful moment and something that looked pretty painful given the way he was, uh, you know, kind of bandaged up after the game. Well, not his best outing out there. Johnny Cueto looked all right today, giving up only three runs and five plus innings. What do you have to say about his outing? Uh, I just thought, you know, ran out of pitches and uh, ran out of gas for me. Yeah. He said he would have liked to go, you know, finish that sixth inning and, and Tony made the decision to, to pull him. Probably not, you know, a terrible one to keep the game a little closer with, with the two guys on base uh, when, when he left and only one out there, the way he was getting kind of knocked around a little bit, you know, seven hits, but not as, not as worst outing statistically of, of the year with the White Sox, although they've all been pretty good. You know, what have we been saying about Johnny Cueto? Give the team a chance to win, right? I mean, that's kind of the job of a starting pitcher. Only three runs, or you know, you'd think that you'd think that would do that. So uh, normally on a night when your team's going to put what thirteen guys on base or something like that, you only give up three runs. You are putting your team in a position to win. Just didn't go that way, given the uh, the the let's say luck and uh, lack thereof that the White Sox ran into uh, throughout the night offensively. I thought you uh, explained this well on Twitter, but just so people know, uh, Aloy Jimenez was added to the 60-day IL, and you got the question, uh, why wasn't Mendick placed on the 60-day IL with the torn ACL? Uh, would you mind just explaining it for podcast listeners? Yeah, of course, and I'll credit you know my fellow beat writers as we were kind of talking this through when we all showed up today, too. Um, but it, it basically comes down to this. Uh, Aloy had been on the IL for 60 days as of yesterday, so... Being on the 60-day IL does not change anything in terms of when he can come back. Um, it has nothing to do with his uh, his progress coming back from his injury down at AAA. He's currently in that rehab assignment. And uh, basically what it is is, listen, Aloy's about to come back. They're not going to be able to put Aloy on the 60-day IL to free up a 40-man roster spot here in in the coming uh, in, once he's back. So go ahead and do that now, and you still have the option to use Danny Mendick to free up a 40-man spot, and you will throughout the entire year because he's out for the season. Um, basically, it's you know use that use that option with Aloy while while you still have it before it quote unquote expires when he comes back from the injured list and. That one for Danny Mendick, you get to keep in your back pocket and use uh, whenever you need to. And heck, it could even be before, uh, you know, Aloy comes back, given the bad luck that the White Sox have run into here. That's certainly a possibility, you know, a hypothetical there. But yes, don't be scared. Nothing to do with Aloy uh, and and his progress. And it is not a... um, kind of a weird thing, uh, you know, with, oh, my God, they blew an opportunity to put Mendick there. No, they still have the opportunity to put Mendick there, and they will once Aloy is back. And uh, just an update on Aloy, two for four today, got pinch hit after a while in the game, so got two singles. Looking good down there in Charlotte, at least for today. Is there any uh, – did anybody ask, and I know this is a, a solemn uh, clubhouse after the game, but – 
did Gavin Sheets lose his razor down there in Charlotte? Because the the goatee yeah. looks looks all right, but you uh-huh. know, it's like like nineties style. I mean, all right. Real if you're gonna thin. hit the if you're gonna hit the ball like Gavin Sheets did and walk like he did, hell, I'll take the goatee. But it was a little little rough, little uh, little little tough to look at Gavin Sheets today. You guys remember uh, back when the Blackhawks were making their Stanley Cup runs? You know, yes. you remember Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane trying to grow those playoff beards. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the that's kind of the vibe I get here from Gavin Sheets. I mean, but those guys were like nineteen and twenty. He's twenty six. You'd think he'd have a little bit more uh, more more hair up there, but uh, I he's don't trying know. to be like Garth Knight. He's trying to be the the opposite Garth of what Knight he is. is. Michael Knight is the Knight Rider. Garth is his uh, evil twin. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I could see it. I yeah. could see him being. But Garth he Knight. had like a little soul patch instead of a full goatee. Yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know if you want to give Gavin any uh, facial uh, hair tips advice, but I don't know if the goatee is it for Gavin. Yeah, I, listen, I tried to stay out of giving advice. I say do whatever works for you. That's kind of the thing I'd go with there. Listen, we saw Andrew Vaughn give the mustache a try earlier yeah. in the year, and uh, that that went away pretty quick. So maybe you come up and you see a replay of yourself on uh, on TV. You know, down there in the minor leagues, you know, whatever. It, it all flies. And up here, maybe you see some some replays of some close-up shots, and you're like, eh, maybe we need to make a change. Yeah, the, the right fielders in first baseman should say uh, clean-shaven outside of Jose Abreu. Uh, anyways, that's going to do it for Vinny Duber from Guaranteed Rate Field. Make sure that you go to allchgo.com and read his brand new article. He talks about the stuff that's been pretty brutal for Lucas Giolito, but why the injury bug that we summed up uh, right when he jumped on could be the true dash to their playoff and World Series hopes. Uh, I thought it was great, Vinny. Allchgo.com. Become a member. You get access to Vinny's work, and you get a free t-shirt, too, when you sign up. So you get great articles and uh, great merch, as as you can see on me right now. But I appreciate you joining us, Vinny, and uh, we'll talk to you on Sunday. All righty, guys. Have a good weekend. Peace. I don't know if he's off. He might be off on Sunday. Well, he might. We might talk to him. I mean, on he Monday. sent us a whole email. We should. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, looking I, at it and right, find it. Right. Find out the days. I, I did off. check it. He's working. Oh, he's working. He's, oh, he's okay. at the ballpark. Right. He's at the ballpark. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, but see, I, I for some, I, I wouldn't say it unless I had. <laughs> no, I would have said it absolutely um, if I didn't know. Um, okay, our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG ones because I started working here. Honestly, I didn't hear about AG ones before I started becoming a member at CHGO, and boy, am I glad that I heard about it. I wake up every single day around 9:30, and I start my day with Athletic Greens. I start my day putting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right into my body. I like my athletic greens. I like the taste. It's pretty mild. It's pretty tropical. Uh, It's not too overpowering, and it just tastes like, you know, some sweet water. It's not too bad, and you're you're getting loaded up with the good stuff. I had one today. I put a pre-packaged smoothie into my uh, My blender. And then I throw a, a cup of or a, the little cup and they have in the uh, AG1 uh, container into the smoothie maker. And then also my 10 ounces of water. Shake that up real quick before it goes because I like to have that mm-hmm. all like it, ready to drink right there if I wanted to. And then start the smoothie. Mm, I tell you what. Well, and our guy Cody from uh, CHGO Cubs does the same thing. So, uh, you know, smoothies is is the route as well. You could put it in 10 to 12 ounces of water, like Herb said. You could put it into a smoothie. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Or trash, like I do. Or trash, like Herb does. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 and two five-star reviews. The other two coming from Herb and I. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup 
cup of water every day. That's it. No need of millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X. Athleticgreens.com slash C-H-G-O-S-O-X to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And, sorry about that, I had to take a breath. You know, pause. Remember uh, uh, Tay Zande, Chocolate Rain? Yes, Chocolate Rain. He moves away to take a, a, a breath. Uh, if you enjoy seeing... Does he still C- make money? Is that his, like, oh, his only gig? I think so. I have not heard about Tay Zande Chocolate since Rain. Some stay dry and others feel the pain. If you enjoy CHGO, one way to help us continue to grow is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. Not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000, but if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book, easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. I just looked it up in the time that you were reading that read. Uh, it internet. says that he is Tazon Day. Net worth is $500,000. Nice. Nice. Um, he's 38 years old right now. All right. Just living his life. Living yeah. his best life. Um, chocolate ring is a banner, uh, says uh, Joe R. Uh, let's talk about this a little bit because... Um, People are saying no more excuses. Uh, Joe Tucci, I like how he says they're allergic to getting hot. They'll be at 500 at the All-Star break. I hopefully not. If, if there's still a 500 at the All-Star break, you honestly could probably put the, the season in the toilet. I mean, the, the White Sox need, need to at least have a winning record after or through those series when they play the AL Central after San Francisco. I mean, even if they're below 500 at the All-Star break, they need to have a winning record during that AL Central stretch, period. If they don't, they don't. And Aiden asking, is Tony the problem here? Absolutely not. The, 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 the entire team is the problem. There is no excuses uh, at this point. Let's talk about some of those problems. You talked about uh, our guy Kramer throwing stuff high in the zone, the Sox swinging misses. Uh, let's look at the swinging misses for the Sox today because there was a ton. Uh, I saw uh, uh, Father Sean, Sean Janko, uh, good Iowa uh, Sox fan out there talking about all the pitches they missed. These are all the swinging strikes the Sox missed, and you could see it right there. Uh, the, the, the greens, the, the oh. change-ups, uh, a lot in the middle of the zone. You could see those two fastballs basically at the top of the zone right there. Um, the White Sox had pitches to hit, and you know they just didn't take advantage of those mistakes. Rushman took advantage of that Cueto mistake. He gave him the win right there. That's this game of uh, inches right there. I was looking at those pitches. I was like, yes, those cutters have slider action. So swinging at those... I understand, and me saying, hey, lay off of those sliders or cutters is easy for me to say, especially when he's throwing 96-97, getting up the ball, rushing up there, and so sometimes it looks as if it's a fastball, and then it just keeps on moving to the other batter's box. But when it's a hanging changeup, middle of the plate, where it's not getting any vertical or horizontal run, some of them did, but those are just fat pitches that you cannot miss cannot miss as you're a major league baseball player he's giving you opportunities and this happens two to three times no matter what like even if you're going against some of the best pitchers they'll give you pitches that you can elevate and get out of the ballpark he had like four or five pitches you saw in the the chart there there was at least three middle to middle up change-ups up there there was a couple cutters up there that were just fat pitches the White Sox didn't take advantage of where what he was giving them he pitched well 
but I think the White Sox are more the faults are are more the problem there than he was great. Yeah, I, absolutely. I don't think he was great at all. And then there, I mean, there, there's one play from AJ Pollock. Uh, this came, I think, in the fourth inning. Uh, AJ Pollock got a fastball high up in the zone, right down the middle, as you could see. Pitch number four uh, on that strike zone K right there. I mean, that's dead center, right at the top crushed. of the zone. Uh, it was crushed at 103.4 uh, miles per hour, a launch angle of 30 degrees, a distance of 403 feet. You're probably asking yourself, that doesn't make sense. The fences at White Sox Park. The deepest are 400. Well, the wind was blowing in. I think it knocked it in uh, about six feet. So, unfortunately, A.J. Pollock gave it a ride, but that was kind of the the summing up the night for the White Sox. A.J. Pollock had a nice hit there. Uh, we talked about the ones ro- uh, Mullins robbed. We talked about the burger hit that Hayes robbed. Vaughn had a loud out that Santander robbed. I mean, it's just bad luck at, at times. I mean, really not an excuse on why they lost, but th- there, were, there was moments where the Sox could have been in this game or made it closer. And... It's weird. You have cited multiple times that guaranteed right field is a home run haven for people hitting the ball to right field. Mm-hmm. So And just for left-handers. Exactly. Yeah. So if a left-hander's out there can hit the ball out of the park. Like Adley Rushman. Would be very, very advantageous for the White Sox to get a guy like that. I know you talked about Kyle Schwarber. There's another guy out there hits actually from both sides of the plate, but his most powerful side Josh Bell right. is from the left-handed side. If the White Sox are serious about winning this division and that 19 games in the month of July versus AL Central opponents, I would go and get a left-handed bat that can hit it over the fence right there <laughs> and help your team a little bit out because they're not going to survive. I know we're depending on Yoan coming back and Yasmani coming back and giving us and providing us the power. I don't think Gavin Sheets is the answer. I think he played well today. He did. His his hits were solid. He walked, I think, one time. He was good. But to count on Gavin Sheets down down the line for left-handed power is foolhardy. Well, it's they Orioles to pitching too. Yeah, I mean, we we talked about this. Like you know, Gavin just saw a ton of AAA pitching. He's going to see a ton of AAA pitching. To, you know, the series. Yeah, this was guy's fourth start this year. Like he barely played versus any quality teams except for the Tampa Bay Rays. And now he's just making the White Sox look silly, especially when he's throwing pitches high in the zone that the White Sox should be crushing. I just want them to jump the market and get a left-handed power bat right now. Kyle's not available. I know the Phillies are bad, but he's not going anywhere. A Josh Bell would be perfect for the White Sox. And I don't know what you have to give up, but it doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it's it's just how much are you willing to give up? Because, you know, if Colson's off the the table if they don't want to go up Colson. What's really interesting for the White Sox? I mean, they just called up their 22nd prospect in Lenin Sosa, and he's like the only guy that's truly knocking on the door of making the the the, the roster. I guess you could throw in Yolbert Sanchez, but it it feels like he's just more of a glove guy that can fill in, and you know, you're not really getting an upgrade over Harrison or Garcia, where Sosa possibly has that power. I mean, you saw his ability to get around on a 95 mile per hour fastball inside. Uh, I mean, there's definitely some pop, there's some quick hips in, in, in that kid, so maybe he's, he can be something special. And um, and but I, I get your point of jumping that. And that I got to give credit to our guy KPW. He's like, hey, Herb, I told you. It's like, stop telling me <laughs> that other teams are going to dominate the White Sox. KPW, don't you have a Blue Jays team to watch? Start telling me that my money. <laughs> He's going to grow. My pocket's going to be fat. Things like that. Start telling me some positive things about that. But, yes, the bullpen arms. I'll tell you what. At Dylan Tate, I remember him pitching at UCLA. 
Much better, much better. I know the White Sox hit him pretty hard today, but yeah, they got some things out there in the bullpen and some young players in the offense to grow on. This Orioles team, while they play in a really, really tough division, they're not going to be bottom dwellers for long. They're going to be something soon. And what I saw today is a good, solid team managed by Brandon Hyde, fundamentally sound. I think, you know, I'll adjust my feelings about them being like bottom dwellers or a team the White Sox should house, but also the White Sox should win all the rest of these games. Shane, quit being... I'll be furious if the White Sox don't win the rest of these games. I I, I know people are frustrated, and I I saw Melissa say that this is the most frustrated she's ever been with the team. People are bringing up 1984. But Shane saying Sox are only one game ahead of the O's in the win column. Sox season is over. They're not even the same division. Seven teams make the playoffs. The like, Sox are only four and a half games behind the right. Minnesota it, Twins and the Cleveland Guardians. There's, so there's a lot. that That's the only saving grace. The White Sox play in the worst division in baseball. Period. That, and that's like, I'm not even giving them an excuse anymore. That's just a fact. They play in the worst division in baseball. They are the best team in the worst division. You still have 100 games left or close to 100 games left. I, I, I know that... It's not really an excuse. I'm just trying to give you facts at this point. This team sucks, but also the whole entire AL Central sucks, and they haven't played them a ton yet. Uh, the two Joes brought up a good point. Uh, Joe Tucci and Joe R. Uh, and this was a, a graphic on NBC Sports Chicago. The, the home run differential has been horrible. I think the Sox are like plus nine run differential on the road, and they have to be somewhere like minus 30 uh, at home. It just makes no sense. I mean, just talking about left-handed power, uh, the White Sox would be very, very helped if they had some. And I mean, the guy that they were looking for relied on. On, really I mean that's the true word that we can use relied on for that left-handed power got set down to triple a because he wasn't hitting um and and you know good at bats today but still it's, it's frustrating and that's part of the reason why they're here along with injuries is inactivity during the offseason all right let's talk about some positives uh Johnny Cueto I know it wasn't the best start but we always mm-hmm. look for six innings three earned runs he got close enough. You know, the, the offense scored zero runs. Uh, it's not really on Johnny Cueto. He went five and a third, three earned runs, seven hits allowed, uh, one walk, seven Ks. Let's look at his swinging strikes here. And uh, he was real good. That sinker was working, as you could see, uh, just was nasty uh, onto on right-handers. Uh, would start in, and I think he got four whiffs that are just completely out of the zone. Seven strikeouts uh, for Johnny Cueto. Let's look at the pitch mix. And uh, I, I really love the description from Jim Margulis saying that he has his pitch mix on shuffle. Um, and you can kind of <laughs> see that. 30% sinker today from Johnny Cueto, 26% changeup, 20% cutter, 14% slider, 10% on the four-seam fastball. He ended up getting 16 whiffs for Johnny Cueto, which, damn, uh, real impressive. Wasn't overall a great game. No. You could see that with the called strikes and whiffs, 26%. That's below the average. A uh, hard hit was the average for white uh, for the Orioles. Their average exit velocity off Johnny Cueto, 95 miles per hour. So he did get hit hard, but he was missing some bats. And again, this is supposed to be the fifth starter. It's not supposed to be Lucas Giolito. It's not supposed to be Lance Lynn. I mean, it's supposed to be Johnny Cueto. If this is what your fifth starter gives you, you should be able or in a position to win the game. More than happy than what Johnny Cueto gave the White Sox tonight. As the fifth starter, he should be getting to the fifth inning, which he got into the sixth, and giving up three earned runs. I said four earned runs or less for my fifth starter. He's doing above and beyond work this season. First start where he didn't complete the sixth inning, but he looked good. Uh, mistake pitch cutter I think middle middle against a hitter who's young but powerful and Adley Rutschman yeah crushed that ball what can you do Mountcastle got him a couple times for doubles so did Hayes 
I'm not too worried about Johnny Cueto. He gave the White Sox an adequate job or adequate uh, chance to win this game, and they just didn't show up with the bats. I mean, well, they showed up with the bats, but the balls didn't fall in. So overall, I'm kind of mad the White Sox didn't score runs, but we are, and I got to keep them right myself, process over results. They hit the ball really damn hard. The Orioles just have people there to catch the ball, and that Austin Hayes catch, god damn. Like, down the line, like, Jake Berger's like, what the, What do I got to do, man? Like, right. what the hell? I had a good night's sleep. I usually play well here at Guaranteed Rate Field. I'm one of the players who play well at Guaranteed Rate Field. I got dudes sliding, making beautiful catches. Like, did he catch that? I literally <laughs> exclaimed that. Yeah. He caught that? I was like, man, oh, man, these numbers do lie. Because before the game, I, as I said before, is uh, outs above average are not good for Austin Hayes. But went and got that and... Laid it on the line. Threw, uh, threw a great uh, throw home to get Gavin Sheets, too. I mean, it was on the money, and Gavin Sheets was out by 10 feet. But also, hey, if it was a close play at home, he would have been out as well. I mean, yes. it's, a, oh. it's, it's a great throw. Uh, the, and you mentioned the hitting. Uh, White Sox did hit the ball hard. Uh, you know, walks were, were there. Not great. Uh, Sosa's one in the ninth was fantastic. Yep. Uh, three walks to 10 strikeouts for the Sox. Two walks to 11 Ks for the Orioles. So you can really just look at those plays. I mean, those those. Five plays from Mullins, Hayes, and Santander. I mean, really, we're, we're truly game-defining. Uh, if they don't make two of those, you know, maybe the White Sox are able to at least put up some runs. Now, Lurie's not going to catch the ball if he's playing a little further oh, God, back there. On the, I think it was Mountcastle or Hayes who hit the ball to right center field. But also, he's probably going to get the ball earlier, which allows him to calm down and relax that understand it's going to be a double. Then he bobbles the ball, and the runner gets to go to third. And eventually scores. So on the home run from Moncast, I mean from uh, Rutschman. So it really was academic after a while. But that's what happens when you have a person in Larry Garcia who's not a center fielder playing center field. I don't know who lined him up. I think Debo does the outfield defense. You need to have a talking to Debo. Well, because usually if you're not a guy who plays center field or outfield, you play deeper so you can come in on balls. And then instead of going back on balls, because it's much easier to come in on balls and catch them than go back on them and catch them. So it was really ridiculous that Leary's playing that shallow. I mean, Luis doesn't even play that shallow. And, I mean, maybe with Mullins up, I would understand it. There was the one that Mullins hit that was a bloop over second base just in front of center field, and he was able to get it. And he didn't even call off uh, you know, Sosa on that. He almost ran right into him. Uh, but still, Another he, problem. He, he made the play. Again, it um, raises his head. And Leary didn't call up and speak and didn't call the ball either. So he's just running exactly at Sosa. Uh, hey, Larry, we just lost a second baseman. We don't need to lose another one. Um, but Luis Robert isn't even playing that deep. I don't even know if that's like it, it's, it is on a Debo thing because he's the coach. But also, why is he playing that shallow, period? Yeah. I mean, I, I have never seen a center fielder for the White Sox play that shallow. I don't understand uh, what the what, what the process was. Tomorrow, Michael Kopech will be going up against Austin Voth. Austin Voth has an 839 ERA. I, I don't, I, I, we don't need to, I don't need to hear this, all right? There's no excuses if they don't win tomorrow. Unless Michael Kopech has like the worst outing of his career. Uh, like that's an excuse, dude. You can't do anything about that. But the White Sox should be able to get to Austin Voth tomorrow. My theory is, and I think, People say this all the time. When you fly in late to a place, it's not the day you fly in that you were affected by it. It's the day after. So they flew in early to Chicago after a long rain delay and then ending their game at Eastern time, I think 1130. So probably got into Chicago somewhere in the 2, 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock area and got to their hotels by then. 
tomorrow, Friday, it will be the time where they'll be affected, especially because you have a champion pitcher on the mound and you have a bad pitcher for yourself going for yourself. Uh, I expect the White Sox to win big tomorrow. Yeah. Big. They better. I mean, period. They, they better. Uh, Connor said Both is one of their worst relievers. They'll go three inning and give up five. Uh, Luis will go deep. Well, hopefully we'll see uh, Luis actually play tomorrow. Uh, but, yeah, I, I mean, the White Sox looking at the probable pitchers. Looking at the probable pitchers for tonight, they should have won. They should have. They should beat Austin Austin Voss, Voss, uh tomorrow. Uh, they should be able to beat. Uh, now I'm losing his name. Uh, Jordan Lyles on Sunday, and they should be able to beat Kyle Bradish on on Saturday. Uh, the the lowest ERA from either one of those three guys is 4.92. The White Sox should have won possibly four out of four. They definitely should win three out of four. And it's it's we're we got a real problem if they don't win two out of four. If they lose. Three out of four to the Orioles. Oh. You have you have true issues with the pitching that they're throwing out there. Yes, the bats for them have been good. The defense is phenomenal. Let's hit some home runs off these bumps, please. Yeah, that's that's the key. Getting power, understanding what these pitchers are doing to you, what type of pitches they have, and this pitcher today, Kramer, only struck out four White Sox, I believe. Right. He wasn't that dominant, and he was giving you chances to do the work to get deep on him. The White Sox second, oh, I'll pass. I'm yeah. good. We're just going to hit the ball to your Oriole outfielders. See if they can track this one down. David said uh, Sox two steps forwards and three steps back equals sub 500. They were taking better steps. In the last 11 games, they've scored over seven runs per game. Yep. I, I, I don't want to say this. This is a bad step backwards, hopefully. And you need tomorrow, just period, to be better. Hopefully you see a little bit of that jet lag. Hopefully you see a little bit of that tiredness. Uh, Cedric Mullins has to be tired for running football fields out there uh, today. But <laughs> like, White Sox like, let's try it. Let's see if you can catch this one. Yeah, let's, let's see. Stop hitting it to him. Well, and two, like. Just hit it somewhere else. Uh, you know, uh, Melissa's saying Kopech better not shit the bed tomorrow. Uh, shit the bed tomorrow. I don't think he will. I, I, we really haven't seen people, especially like lower level hitters, be able to catch up to his fastball. I mean, the Astros did a good job. Uh, but, I mean, even look at the Yankees. I mean, the, you, you mentioned Melissa earlier in the chat that the, no one's beating the Yankees. Well, Michael Kopech <laughs> hoped the White Sox beat the Yankees. Yeah, he did. So, uh, I, 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 I feel really good with that guy uh, on the bump. Another I think thing, about that the Yankees are like 52 and 18. The White Sox beat them three times this year. Yeah. And, and I mean, those two Kopech outings against the Yankees, one hit in each outing. Right. I That's mean, crazy. So, I mean, the, the, the Orioles, while they have a good offense, they – the White Sox should win tomorrow, period. Uh, and Melissa mentioned something, too, about why wasn't Pollock in center field. Uh, he won a gold glove in center field. In 2015, he won a gold glove. The next year, he only played 12 games. He had a major injury. I just don't think he's fast enough salute. to play uh, center field. Uh, salute. Okay, uh, we're not going to see Lucas Giolito this series. Uh, you're going to see Lance Lynn. Uh, it will Kopech on, on Saturday. You're going to see Lance Lynn on uh, 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 Saturday. You're going to see Dylan Cease on Sunday. You're going to see uh, Lucas Giolito on that Monday against the Angels. I want to talk a little bit about Giolito. Yeah. We went to the CHGO tailgate yesterday, Oof. saw Lucas live. He was brutal. Terrible. Yeah, horrible. Um, I'm concerned about him, but I'm not overly concerned like a lot of people, I don't know how you feel, but you look at the start of the season before May 25th, he had a 270 ERA. From May 25th on, he has like a 9 ERA. I feel like there's a in-between there somewhere yeah, that Lucas Chilito could find. Um, I'm looking at the COVID. Like, his COVID bout is kind of where that's at. And... I can't put anything else to it. Yes, people have said the sticky stuff, but his spins on his fastball, his revolutions per uh, 
on a Spanish ball are not that negligible where you're like, okay, that's going from 2,200 to now is I think it's at 2,100. It's not that big. And last year, remember, he did have trouble initially, and then he adjusted. That's what Lucas has always done. He's adjusted to what the hitters are doing to him, and if he had to have no sticky stuff, he adjusted and had a pretty good year in 2021 and had an early good year here. So that's what I'm looking at, that his COVID bout, while physically he's probably back and feeling like himself, it just seems like he just runs out of gas. Like early in the year, he would give up solo shots and then right the ship. It's like, okay, cool. I gave up those two first inning home runs. I'm giving you guys nothing else. You're good. I'm going six innings. I'm smooth. Now it's just like he's giving that up like every single inning he's out there. He's not the same guy. They're seeing his high fastball, and they're mixing up with the high changeup, and they're crushing it. And the slider's not getting as much break as it did last year when he shelved the curveball or shelved the, the changeup because it wasn't working. I don't know what's going on. All I could say is I think it might have to do with his COVID bout, and maybe there's some time that he needs to sit out and chill out and get himself right. Well, get himself right mentally, too. Yeah, I, I think that he feels pretty shell-shocked and, and just beaten up at, at what the results have been. I think that the pitcher is still in there. Um, let's look at some of the stuff that I found uh, trying to diagnose what's wrong with Geo. So this is last year. I mentioned spin stuff and, and, and sticky stuff and how you know he kind of fell off uh, after June 22nd when that mandate came in. Uh, it fell down about 200 RPMs, but he was good last year uh, in the second half. So I really am wondering how, you know, I, I, my first thought was, oh, it's sticky stuff. Um, I, I'm really not feeling that right now. Uh, I think part of your idea with COVID is right, because Blank Name brings it up, wasn't Giolito's weight gain in the offseason supposed to be so he can go later in the games stronger and have higher velocity? Well, the velocity really hasn't been there. He started having struggles after that COVID bout. Maybe he's lost a little bit of that weight, but here is the pitch location from June 2021 uh, uh, to May 2022. Um, as you can see, a lot of that stuff, and I know it's, uh, it's pretty small, but a lot of it is scattered. It's not all just dead center. It's it's sprinkled a little bit. You look at the top row, it's like 5.4 down the middle and, and high middle, and in the corners, it's about 4.3, and you can see it's kind of a similar shade of blue all in the actual strike zone. Let's go to May 2022 to now and where he has been. You could see kind of those colder blues on yeah. that outside, and you could see right down the middle, it gets to that kind of lighter shade of blue. That means he's hitting that spot more. I think it's a lot to deal with location. I, I think he's missing his spot a ton. A lot of the contact and hard contact that he's giving up is in the middle of the plate. So I, I think that's the biggest concern. The other thing, too, is just getting in front of hitters. I want to look at the pitch count and the, and the count breakdown because uh, this is him uh, since May 25th. Let's go to the first one. Let's kind of show him uh, last year. So this is after the sticky stand uh, stuff ban. He was still good. Um, he's getting into a lot more... Uh, uh, Oh, or one O counts, two O counts. He's getting a lot more hitter counts, which I think is is hurting him. You could see the average exit velocity on the left of when he's in certain counts. Um, when he's in, you know, O one counts, uh, you know, it, it's really not that hard. Uh, he's he's really not getting a ton of great contact. Um, and you could see on the right side how many times he's in those. Uh, you could see uh, getting to uh, an O one count, uh, two hundred fifty four times. Uh, a one O count, like two hundred thirteen times. But he's able to get back to one one more than he is going to two O. Right? He's he's able to get that second strike. Let's go to May of this year and present. He just really 
really hasn't been that same pitcher. He's getting lit up everywhere, (laughs) average exit velocity-wise. I think part of that is due to location. And part of it, too, is just him not getting into those counts. Um, You could see, I think, on the 0-1 side, it says 70 501 counts compared to 6510 counts. So that's pretty even right there. And you can see the 11 one counts, 61 uh, to 24 uh, 20 counts. I mean, again, that was 200 uh, one in one counts compared to 68 2 and 0 counts. And right now he's at 61 one in one counts to 24 2 and 0 counts since May 25th. So I, I do think that part of this is just to deal with location, to not getting into the best counts to help himself. I think confidence is definitely being wavered here uh, in him. But I think, well, for his own self, I think that there's a lot going wrong with Lucas. But here's a couple things. A, the White Sox cannot afford to have him not work out. He has to work out. You're not getting rid of Lucas Giolito. He's not moving to the bullpen. You can ride him until the end of the season. Maybe he gets Dallas Keuchel that he's not on the postseason roster if he's that bad. But you have no ability to get away from him. There's not a better starter than Lucas Giolito. Davis Martin isn't better, right? No. He is the best, one of the best five starters on this roster. The other thing, too, is I I just think he's got it. He's a hard worker. He's working with Ethan Katz. It was there last year, post-sticky stuff. I still think it could be here this year. I think if you look at him in August... I think you'll see a little bit closer of what we saw in 2020 and 2021 rather in 2022. So I think by August, Lucas might be right, but I'm not saying his next start's going to be good because I, I think he's got a lot to figure out, and this I mean, might be a rough ride. It's the Angels out there in Anaheim. It's going to be a tough game. Um, but you were talking about well, what, getting- Wayne saying yet another player regressing. I don't. I think this is completely different. I, I think this is different than uh, this might be COVID. This might be something completely out of his control, and he's trying to get back. To it, I, I think that we've been so negative about this team. This feels a lot different. Yeah, and you're talking about 1-0, and he's getting more 1-0s than 0-1s. That could be due to confidence. He knows sometimes his pitches don't play, and some some people are laying in the weeds ready for his fastball, ready for his changeup, and they're hitting it hard. So it's like, okay, I'm going to throw this ball you know, I've got a fastball here. I'm going to throw it outside the zone because I don't want it to get hit hard. Back in the day, Lucas didn't care about that shit. Like, he's like, yeah, I have good electric stuff. My slider, my changeup, my fastball work, and I'll mix in a curveball. I'm still working on that right now. But my stuff works, and I don't care what you do out there. I can get you out with my pitching and my guile. Now he's getting hit hard, so that confidence has to be on level zero right now because he's, starting off with these guys 1-0 and that puts you in a disadvantage as a pitcher yeah absolutely I mean that's why they call them pitchers and hitters count so I yeah it's it's tough uh yeah I I I know that people are frustrated about excuses and stuff like that uh we're searching for answers White Sox are searching for answers uh and we'll get a lot more answers come the all-star break well, this uh, is going period. to Anaheim oh safe travels it's going to be on Monday where uh Gio's scheduled to start Hope you enjoy yourself. I'm going to San Francisco. Hope you uh, swing on by after your Anaheim trip, Melissa. Just drive up the PCH. And uh, SBS uh, mentioned uh, Carlos Rodon, so hopefully you will land on the Carlos Rodon start. Out I there hope I don't. No. No, I hope no. you do. Give me some oh, bum. Oh, I hope you do. Give me some bum. Oh. I don't want to see him. He's a lefty. I don't want to see Luis Gonzalez. 
I don't want to see your mean get called up for that start. I will put my I will put my paycheck on Carlos Rodon to strike out the over on whoever he plays. He is going to have the revenge game of revenge games. Uh, you know, SBS saying it's easy in hindsight to say it, but man, the White Sox are certainly not regretting meeting with Rodon and Scott Boris. Uh, I, I said it the you, day it happened. Oh, this, I've been saying it since November, sir. So here we go. Uh, I, I'm. Fiending. I want the revenge game so badly, and I want him to look in the dugout every single time he strikes out. Uh, you know, has a one-two-three inning. Uh, I uh, uh, that's the one game the White Sox can lose. I, I penciled them in for a loss. They're already thirty-three and thirty-six in my mind because they're playing Carlos Rodon uh, in San Francisco. I can't wait for that one. But anyways, that's gonna do it for the CHGO White Sox post-game show. We will be back on Sunday. Uh, we will see the White Sox in the closing game of this Orioles series, and it will be a fun one. It's a Dylan C star. Uh, versus Jordan Lyles, so it should be a good, fun matchup, and we'll talk to you then on Sunday. Herb, enjoy the weekend. Oh, you too, Sean. I got nothing to do. Oh, actually, I'm going to the game on Saturday, so. I'm moving. I'm going to get one of those uh, bobbleheads, the uh, Luis Robert uh, Aloy Jimenez bobbleheads. There you go. I, I'm tempted to go and, like, leave like I did with the uh, Southside jersey, like just go and pick it up and bounce, but it's my uh, one of my friend's uh, bachelor party, so. I'll stay. It'd be nice and stay. Yeah, I'm like, all right, I'll stay. Hey, and that's, uh, what, three games this week for you or two games this week? Yeah, way too many. I have tickets. (laughs) Actually, I do have tickets for tomorrow's game, Friday night's game, too, for the Baltimore Orioles. I mean, if you truly want it, I have it on StubHub right now, but if you guys want it, one of you guys who are listening right now, you want my tickets, it's uh, in the 111 section, row, row five. I'll just give them to you. So uh, hit me up on my DMs. Go to Ecknerwall23 on Twitter uh, and hit up Herb in the DMs if you want those tickets. Section if you're listening, 111. Yeah, if you're listening on the podcast tomorrow, more than likely they're going to be gone. But you know, hit me up anyways. Shoot your shot, shooter. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We were joined by Vinny Duber from Guaranteed Rates. So shout out to Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. You can go to allchgo.com, become a member, and read his recent article about the White Sox injuries and how it can hurt their World Series chances. Being shut out by the Orioles uh, definitely won't help. But again, this is game one of four. They could still win three of four. They just got to win the next three. Uh, We'll talk to you on Sunday. That's why you're CHO White Sox math guy. Yes. (laughs) Uh, We all don't know how to do it, but we all try. I'm Sean Anderson. Uh, Again, follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for your production, and thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you on Sunday. Go White Sox.